Well, hey there again. It's Coach Tim, and I have two great guests. They are partners with Essential Skills Seminars, and they teach salesmen how to make the mega bucks. And in coaching, what are we but salesmen? And I'd like to introduce to you Kim McFarland and Tom Dezini. Welcome. Welcome. You know, we talked in pregame. I like to call our our, our, our pre-talks pregame in these kind of fits with the coaching. But the uh, I, I we talked about how a lot of times we think we're influencing kids. Coaches are influencing their kids, or salesmen are influencing the the prospect and whatnot. And we analyze and analytic our way and try to logic our way into influence. And you guys were explaining to me why that doesn't really work too well. Can can you explain that? Well, you know, I, you know, and, and coaching kids is probably like one of the, you know, you guys are saints, all right? Because <laughs> I can, you know. But to even talk to high school kids just drives me out of my mind. But, <laughs> you guys, I mean, you know. It is different than dealing with adults. Oh, it is different. Yeah. Well, sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know and, and the thing we were talking about before is a lot of coaches think that they're being motivational. Mm-hmm. When what they're really doing is, is just, you know, making their job harder and harder and harder. And the reason is, you know, because everybody's seeing the same thing. I'm going to pump this team up. I'm going to pump them up and see in, our, in imagination land where most coaches' brains live and everybody's brains for the most part. They think they're going to pump somebody up and they're going to go out there and they're just going to annihilate the, the, the competition based upon how pumped up they are. Mm-hmm. Um, biologically and how the brain actually functions, it's almost the, the exact opposite. The higher the emotion that you get a kid in, especially, you know, right in the middle of hormone land, all right, <laughs> The higher the emotion, the more fragile that emotion is. It's like pumping up a balloon. At some point, you want to get air in it, but you want to get enough air in it to where you don't hit it with a pin and it pops. Because when that happens, you get this guy in this bulletproof boom. He goes out there, and let's say he's playing offense, and a defensive line just flattens him like a pancake. Okay? You've popped that balloon. Well, (laughs) there goes that motivation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, pumping him up the next yeah. time is even harder. Ten seconds before, sure. he was indestructible, okay? <laughs> and after hike, he was staring at the sky through a filter of grass and footprints, all right? Now, what uh, the problem with that is, and the challenge the coach has, is that how does you re-pump this guy who's already you know, going through, you know, you know, puberty and everything else that you're not dealing with, all right? You, what you've done, now you have a problem. You've got to pump this guy up, but now you've got to overcome that bad experience you just had. Now the coach has to work even harder. Does that make sense? And that brings in the thing you said about and being analytical and logical and yada, 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 and you think you can explain to them why the last play didn't matter or why it should be different or why this or why that, but... It doesn't work, right? Because generally we feel a way and then we feel something and then we make up reasons why it works, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you're talking about, which by 
being analytical and then feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. So you can't logic someone into being motivated or doing well or pumping them up for for playing football. Oh, you know, and everybody has had this experience, Mm -hmm. no matter what area of life you're in, where you logically know that something shouldn't be a problem or that you should logically get over it or that that guy cut you off in traffic, you know, logically probably didn't even see. But emotionally... You just want to string them up by parts of their body that you probably shouldn't talk about. All right? So you just really want to hurt them back. Okay? Well, now we're playing good football if we do that, right? Yeah, never playing good football. Right. You know, but you, you, right. coach, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. You end up in this, 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 this motivational merry-go-round, which every time it goes through. Now, let's imagine that you get this guy, you, the, the, the kid repaired, and he's pumped up again, and he's feeling, you know, bulletproof. But it's, it's kind of like a bulletproof butt. I remember last time I got my ass handed to me. All right, <laughs> bulletproof butt. All right. And, yeah. you know, the, 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 the motivation has to overcome that bad experience. Mm-hmm. And let's say he gets, he makes it a couple plays, and then he just gets flattened again. Now you've got to re-motivate him over two bad experiences mm-hmm. that where his bubble was popped. Now, the, and here's the interesting part. The plays he got where his bubble wasn't popped are not that big of a deal, all right? Because when your bubble gets popped, okay, or your balloon gets popped by a bad experience, it generates two things in the brain, okay, uh, or, or conditions. It's novel and emotional, okay? Every really good phobia starts with those two emotions. It's not the times you did well that matter. They only see the times they didn't do. Yes, and because it was novel, unexpected, you know, contrary to what they were feeling a second before, it becomes now a third time even more difficult to overcome. And what coaches do is they they try to use logic, they try to pump them up, they try to tell them that it's okay. But now you've got basically a, you know, an emotionally damaged player out there on the field. And for the rest of that game, he's probably going to have issues. You see this as far as team dynamic. When, you know, when they just get trumped, like, you know, somebody marches up and down the field twice and it's the first quarter and the rest of the game is ahead of them and they're just basically tainted the rest of the game because of, of, of bad, bad experiences. Does that make sense? Totally. And, and I'm being a little bit silly, but uh, so as coaches, we're logically screwing our kids up. What <laughs> <laughs> was the best of intentions? <laughs> with, with, yeah, our intentions are good, but we're really screwing yeah. our kids out. Um, and you said for the game, but I mean, really, it's not just one game, right? I mean, and, no, and it, you basically, and real, real quickly, we'll go into like you know mental health land. But basically, you've got you've got a condition that a lot of people are in. It's called learned helplessness. Okay, and it can happen very very quickly. And you basically start making people feel helpless because, you know, one moment they were bulletproof and the next moment not so much, okay? You know, so, you know, they put them there and they're like, well, I must not be bulletproof. Well, of course they're not bulletproof, okay? And that's the real problem because they were, you know, they were set up by this unrealistic ex- emotional expectation. Mm-hmm. It just got shattered. An easier and better way, I think, in, in dealing things is prepare them to fail. Mm-hmm. So that when that inevitably happens, they bounce back. We do this with our salespeople, our coaching any kind clients. of coaching client for any event. We're coaching someone right now on golf, and the kid is going toward professional golf. 
but he hasn't learned to fail, fail well yet and to deal with it emotionally. And that's the next step mm-hmm. And uh, for him. Now, in this, I know you're not going to be – the hard part is you're dealing with kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be sitting there and teaching them all sorts of emotional techniques and how to deal with things techniques. The coach is going to have to do the work, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, okay. I, I think I think the coach has to, in order to translate this, has to work on himself or herself, mm-hmm. right? Before I could actually, I, I got to know this. Right. Before I can, which is why we're having this this conversation and recording it. Uh, so yeah, there's 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 a whole lot of uh, healing, so to speak, that needs to happen uh, all over the place. Well, a lot can happen without that. I mean, as long as the coach understands the dynamic, mm-hmm. you can really work with your team and direct them with triggers very conversationally. And also build a skill set for them mm-hmm. to recover quickly from what would normally be like, you know, an emotional down point in their, mm-hmm. in the game or in their life in general. Okay. Well, and that's, well, that's where the recovery comes. Well, you're talking about, what are triggers? The triggers is what, kind of what we're going to talk about here. Okay. You know, a, a lot of people call them, you know, anchor, anchoring, anchoring. We call them triggers because it just makes more sense uh, in this yeah. context. And, and what a trigger does, like everybody has this. Okay. Anybody who experiences Christmas, Every time they smell a pine tree, gets in Christmas mood. Okay, that's why they pump it into malls, mm-hmm. all right? Totally. Because it makes you spend money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a subconscious trigger that, that actually... Uh, it's like putting a push button on an emotion mm-hmm. that you're in control of. Yeah. Right? So when you're dealing with your football players, what you're going to do is generally have a good emotion, there will be different ones you can choose, and you're going to put a button on that that you can use for them and teach them to use as mm-hmm. well. So instead of having to pump them up each time, it's like pushing aside what's happened and redirecting with a good feeling that will help them move forward in a more productive way to play better. Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. I mean, awesome. the great part about this, it totally yeah, bypasses yeah. the logical brain. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's push-button emotion. Push-button emotion. There's not a lot, there's no logic in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, that's why it works so well in sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, you want, you want to bypass logical logic. objections. Because the logical objection is, well, I just got flattened. Why won't it happen next month? Yeah. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're going to, we have, we put together... A few easy ways for people who aren't highly, aren't very trained in this, really go out and use it pretty much immediately. Yeah, because you know, I want people to get something out of this recording other than just right. Yeah. You know. So they sure. can sit and set some triggers for their players, and without having to talk about it with their players or explain it to their players or give them some. And I know kids are like look at things as strange. You don't want to deal with that. So and give them an easy way to move forward and refocus themselves while they're on the field when you can't sit and talk with them. Let me give you an example that you accidentally told me about, Tim. Yeah, um, yeah. You said in, in, our, in our texting back and forth that uh, your whole team understands what it means when you turn your, your cap on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They understand 
You're pissed. Well, and they're the ones that they told me this. I had kids tell me I didn't realize I did it. You didn't even realize, but you have a trigger. Yeah. Okay. Already that might not be super productive. (laughs) You know, (laughs) motivation from fear is valid in in a little bit, but you know, it's like, uh oh, coach is coach is mad. Okay. (laughs) But what that does, because they know now you're mad, now they deviate from their training. Yeah. Okay, or they can't focus, or, you know, like I said, that's why getting into too high of an emotional state, let me really quickly, this is a really important point, especially for those coaches out there right now that are listening, going, no, I need to push my people to the edge, okay? The more emotion the brain feels, the less access it has to creativity and adaptability. Which is called thinking. Which is basically called thinking. Yeah. (laughs) So... Getting your actually pumping your 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 team up beyond a point of useful is making them dumb. It makes them reactive. They're just reacting. They're not thinking. They're not using what they've learned. They're just reacting at that point. So that, that's why you know, I mean, of course, training is important. You want to build in reaction. You want to build in reaction. But you want these guys at the same time. They're out on the field, you know, and it's it's chaos. So they have to be adapting as quickly as they can to every new movement of the opposite team to generate an opening, to generate a scoring opportunity, okay? If you have a super, supercharged emotion, basically you've got a guy that can go in a straight line. What do you mean, a straight line? He's not flexible? Yes, exactly. He can't shift when needed. He can't change the way he plays when needed. He can only... I, I have a personal example, if, if, if I may share. Um, when, when I came out of uh, junior college, I went to, I was sharing with you earlier, I went to the University of Pacific in, in Stockton, smallest football school uh, in Division One, and a uh, real quaint uh, location uh, or quaint campus, and... Uh, nice history and I, I, I fell in love with it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was opening day, our first game, my first game as a, 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 in a, you know, big time college football, even though we were the smallest, it was still division one. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, I, I got to, uh, I got to pump myself up more than I normally do for a game, right? Because, you know, you always, I think everybody has a process they go through in a pregame thing. And, and so I'm, like, pumping myself up. And I remember my, my parents are up there, my, my girlfriend, and uh, she looks at me, she goes, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. I'm just I'm, I'm getting ready for the game. <laughs> and, and I totally, like, put myself in this weird trance and I got out on the field, and I was so tense and and inflexible. It really my game suffered, and I remembered it. I remember it to how bad I felt. I just couldn't move. I was so tense, and um, uh, but you know, shit, I was emotional. I was I was all pumped up. But I just I was so over the top that I couldn't I couldn't perform. I mean, you you watch professional football players. I mean, you you know guys like you know how often do you see guys like Tom Brady you know lose it? 
Yeah. I mean, if you look in his eyes, look in his, I mean, we have an opportunity to look in the guy's eyes, you know, when they close up. This guy is intensely focused and highly relaxed at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which means he adapts to situations on the field faster than people who are just amped up on emotion. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And we're going to cover some of this. It's really, really important, okay? I want, I want to get to, you know, the whole idea, you know, you get this straight line thought. It, it, and I've watched, you know, I've watched a lot of football. But, uh, you know, you, get, you tell these the different kinds of players, but specifically on, you know, on offense or something like that or defense, the front line guys, okay, they have an assignment. There are two types of guys out there. There's the guys that hit their assignment and then don't know what to do. And the guys that hit their assignment and follow the play. Right. The guys who hit their assignment and just end up standing on the field after they're done, those are the kind of guys that are so amped up that they have one target and they don't know what to do after that. Okay. But the other ones that hit their target and they're aware of the field and they're aware of the movement and the motion of the whole play going on around them, could end up, for some reason, these guys always be the guys that are, you know, in the right place at the right time and are right. tend to make the better plays. We, we like so, to say, and, and, uh, you know, just go play football at that point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go, go play football. You know, there is a play part of football, okay? <laughs> yes. That's why, that's why most people, when I was a kid playing sandlot football and, you know, with my friends and everything, you know, it was a blast. And you, the minute you wash that out of it, especially for kids that are in high school, you're, you're really not doing them any favors. You know, you might, you might score a few more wins, but that person is just basically screwed for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I, I completely agree with you. But, you know, but is, when we start talking about triggers, you know, there are th- three things that the average coach with very little training can do. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about training, I mean, like coming to, to, to a seminar or something like that on persuasion and stuff like we teach. You know, three things you can do. Number one, you've got to target the right state of mind to put these kids in in order for them to perform. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then you've got to set the trigger, which is a word, a gesture, or your cap, Tim. <laughs> All right. Or not your cap. Or maybe not your cap. Or not. <laughs> um, and, then, and then you've got to use that trigger in a real game, real-time situation to, the, to, to, to get that person who might be a little bit fractured in that moment and pull them right back into where they need to be right. in order to perform the next play. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's going to be a pretty simple three-step process. Okay? Um, and, and let me know, Tim, I'm going to go through this real quickly, but let me know if you have, a, if you have thoughts on where you think this would also apply, uh, you know, because you're coaching kids and stuff all the time. Definitely. Definitely. Jump in and stop me because you don't stop me. I'll just keep talking. Trust me. Oh yeah. I, I've got right. some specific football stuff I want to I want to bring up to you that yeah, well, I, I think I think you'll dig. Go on. Number one, you need to elicit a state. Now elicit a state in a group of people. Yeah, you're not pumping them up. Okay, and you're using you know words and phrases to pull them into the state. You you know what do you want them to feel? Now here's the interesting part. Most people think they know what someone else has to feel in order to perform. All right. And most of the time they're wrong. You mean such as, you know how exciting it is to play. Yeah, you know how exciting it is, you know, to, to, to go out there and, and, and make a great play. 
for the exhilaration of playing a game. All right, now, that will yeah. hit with a lot of people because a certain percent of people is really exciting. But when you've got a group of 30 people, whatever that exciting is, you've got 30 different brands of exciting. And you need to make it fit. So let me give you some of the things that we do. So, you know, when, when you're talking to people, you're trying to get them into a state, you know, in this or a sales situation or, you know, raising your kids is also a good way to use this. <laughs> All right. And uh, maybe training. Your, or raising your nephews. You know, or, or like for, for the women out there, training, <laughs> training and raising their husbands. Um, <laughs> all right. But number one, your yeah. phrase has to be vague enough so that every person that's listening to it can draw on their own personal experience to fill in what we call the empty bucket, okay? Um, it needs to be simple, short phrases that are easy to follow because these are kids. <laughs> Nothing else needs yeah. to be Nothing they have to think about. Okay. And you have to allow them each to have their own experience. For some people... You know, a, for instance, you know, making a really good play just makes them proud. Other people, it's exciting. Other people, it's an adrenaline rush. Other people, it makes them feel powerful. Well, you can't go to each and every one of the 30, 30 players. I mean, what, what's the average number of players on a team in high school, Tim? Oh, gosh, anywhere from, say, 30 on up to 55-ish, yeah. depending. You know, you know and, 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 you know, you have got and the other thing is you have to have the opportunity to talk to all of these players at the same time. So usually team meetings, practices, pre, pre-talk, pre-game talk. Yeah, you want to like set that. up the trigger long before the game. Yeah. So that's, you know, during practices and all that other stuff. Um, reset the trigger. Yeah, and then you're going to reset the trigger. So, mm-hmm. so for instance, if, if I, you know, in, you can play along with this for a little bit for yourself then, but if, but I say, if say something, each one of you knows what it feels like to win. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know what that feels like for you, Tim, but you know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, totally. So now it, it's all about me. It's not about coach. It's about me, yeah, the player. It's about you. It's oh, about yeah. you. And 50 different people just had their own personal experience of what that feels like to for them. And they all went into that mindset. Okay. I know there's a coach out there thinking, we don't win. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like my nephew's school. They never won. Yeah, they always So in their case, they have to use a different kind of elicitation. Here's what kind of jerk I am, Tim. At halftime when the, uh, <laughs> when the band walked off the field and I said, look, there's something that uh, the whole band just, line, yeah. just did something that, that the team hasn't done all day. And then yeah. if you looked and said, what? They just crossed, crossed the goal line. line yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You're mean. Like, well, so, you know what, though? You know what? If, if I may, and, and this is something yeah. that I inserted because I, I struggled at one point. I, I remember uh, studying John Wooden. He, he never really talked about winning much, uh, right. if not at all. And, uh, but, you know, well, that's why we play is there's a score at the end, mm-hmm. but how do I insert the wins into, uh, into the, into the, the game other, other than 
pointing to the scoreboard, and it's only one chance to win. So what what I did about halfway through my, my stretch there is I started asking them, and it's just a made-up number, how many plays in a game? Uh, 60, Coach. And it's just the odd number I came up with. Yeah. Uh, sounded right. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> And so I said, well, which one's the most important one? This one, Coach. And to this day, if I run into some of my kids now, and a lot of them are going on to college next year, uh, most of mm-hmm. them, I mean, some of them struggle. They'll, they'll repeat that back to me. And um, it, I really wanted them. So there are wins. I mean, you have an opportunity to win. Even if you get flat-backed during a play, you may have done everything yeah. right to that moment, right? Yeah, and so there's, there's wins. Staring at the sky. So and, and the elicitations, you don't even have to talk about when. Yeah. I mean, it can be, you know what it's like when you have a good play. Yeah. Or a good practice. Uh, yeah, or anything that they want to use mm-hmm. to, that they know with their team goes well, that yeah. people enjoy, that people something are, as, where people are motivated. Even something as simple as, look, you guys are all here playing football for a reason. Yes. Okay. And it's not important that I know what that reason is, but it's important that you remember what that reason is, mm-hmm. okay? Notice how it goes into a state. It goes into a mindset. Mm-hmm. And it feels good, other than that yeah. one guy whose mom's making him do it. But, I mean, right. Right. you, you kind of get, now, just notice, notice these build on each other. You know, mm-hmm. you know what it's like to win, and if you don't know what it's like, you know what, it wanted, you, know what, it, what you want it to feel like. Yeah. Or you can imagine what it would be like to win, Okay. You know, and, and, and you, it, but now these are all things just to kind of lead someone into the mindset. This is completely opposite of, of the pump, pump, rah, rah, we can kick their ass, we're invincible, you know, we're on top of the world, we are dominators, yeah. we will crush them, we will make right. them bleed, and we'll defecate, not defecate on their women. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll let Conan do that. But I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. but. Now we're at pre-game talk. Yeah, all right. And but you want to get them into this state, right. okay? Even something as simple um, as, you know, you know what it's like to have a good game or a good yeah. practice or even something as simple as just a really good day. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had at least one good day. I mean, it could be Christmas, but I'll go with it. So this is where you get into good state, and you're going to set a trigger. Yeah. And a trigger, like we said earlier, is an, a, it's a push button on an emotion, mm-hmm. right? Now, it can be a word or a mm-hmm. gesture or, like Tom said, not your hat. Not your hat. And it can be – and so for the purposes of working with a team, it would be good for it to be a word and a gesture. Mm-hmm. And why is this? One, it's more versatile to use because sometimes you're going to be able to talk mm-hmm. to them and sometimes you're going to be looking at a kid from the sideline and you're going to need to fire that – use that trigger. Yeah. And also, if you make it a word, you can have them use it for themselves on the field when you can't oh. have any contact with them, right? Okay, but okay. But if you do it conversationally enough, it'll feel like you're just giving them, like a mo- mm-hmm. giving them a mantra and a redirection. But little do they know, you put an emotion on this word, a good emotion that will help refocus mm-hmm. them and move them forward. And having them say it to themselves can get them into the next play. Or as you said, this play. Funny you said that because we were thinking the same thing early earlier mm-hmm. about using triggers. Because what you want to do is refocus them on the next play. Yeah. Or this play. Yeah. And those words. Think about if you had those words 
with a very positive trigger set on them for the player mm-hmm. to use when they find themselves in the craft and to pull themselves out of it and refocus. So and I would repeat up. this play to get myself in yeah. state. Yeah. Yes, gotcha. and you can direct them to do that, but you've set a good trigger on it. And that mm-hmm. all it, right. So what you're going to do is in your pre-talk, you're, you're going to set a good trigger. Okay? You set the trigger, and then you also kind of want to inoculate them. Mm-hmm. Because you know everybody has a bad play. Everybody get no- gets knocked on their butt. Everybody has a bad time. And what you, you point, the big thing you want to do is to take them from there to the next play. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do in your pre-talk is you're going to set it up. And you're going to say, listen, everybody has downtime. Everybody has a bad play. You kind of move it aside physically with your mind, and then you go into a good state yourself. You say, listen, the important thing is when you go on to the next play, and you fire the good trigger you've already set on those words. Mm-hmm. What I want you to think is, when that ha- what I want you to do is say, next play, fire the trigger again mm-hmm. on those words. Just say that to yourself, next play, and move on and go to the next one. So you're directing them what to do, setting a trigger on it, while you're firing the other the trigger you've already set that we've elicited, and it sounds very conversational. It sounds just like motivation, self-help stuff. That sounds a bunch better than some of these motivational speeches mm-hmm. that so many coaches come up with. You know, right, to, right. It's like you know, they like watched an old you know old football movie and just borrow from every single football right. movie they've ever watched. But it's all the you know? words and yeah, setting yeah, exactly. It's all the words and setting an emotion on it so it will help them seamlessly move along. And then the thing is, you'll have a kid who won't remember that while they're on the field. Now, you have a gesture set to it, or you should, and you'll get their attention, and it can be something that seems very natural, like an okay sign or pushing aside or move on. Mm-hmm. And you turning your hat backwards, <laughs> yeah, or not, or, or, or changing, <laughs> or changing that to a different trigger. Right, we're saying maybe that. Right, <laughs> exactly. And the reason you want to have it set so you have it set to the word so they can use it themselves, and you have it set to a gesture so you can get their attention mm-hmm. on the field. And with a natural motion like okay or move along, you have that good emotion set to it. Yeah. And you fire it for them to help them refocus and go on to the next play. Because the best thing they can do is not try to amp themselves up, and mm-hmm. which actually generates much more play anxiety. Because mm-hmm. now yeah, every play becomes really important, and the more important it is, the more likely they're going to screw it up. Um, but it allows them to take that deep breath, relax, look at what they need to do, and then do the job that, they, that they, you trained them, you drilled them for months right. to do. Yep. If, look, if you guys coached well and you did it right, you don't need to amp them up. You've trained them right. for months for what to do. They know. They just have to go mm-hmm. do it without all of the garbage in their brain right. polluting the next play. And this is important when you're doing well also. My nephew, had they done well at something in a group event, and he looked at me and said, well, they had to go back and mm-hmm. perform again. They won. They had to do it again to get to the next level. And he said, but there's even more pressure. And I moved it aside. And I have, of course, I have triggers on everybody I know. Yes. So I moved it aside. I said, well, I mean, I can see how you feel that. I think that. But, and I moved it aside. And I just said, 
But really, you're just doing the same thing you just did. Mm-hmm. And he just looked uh, and he said, you're right. And then they went on to proceed to win the whole event. But it was the same thing. So even when you're doing well, sometimes it's important to take the pressure off and refocus again. It's just another play. Mm-hmm. This play. So when you get back, so now the cool part about this is, because you, you know, you're dealing with teams for the most part. All right. And when, when, when your team or your team captain or, you know, the quarterback or, or whoever's in charge of the defensive line, when, the, when they're after a play and do something like that, they can remind each other mm-hmm. of what the trigger is, and it'll bring that whole thing back into right. the right emotion. Interestingly enough, humans do this really cool thing, okay? When a group starts feeling the emotion, that emotion becomes more solid. Mm-hmm. You end up with a group dynamic. Well, they play off each other. Yeah, yeah they feed that, that whole, you know, if it's offense or defense, but that whole team out there is all going to feed off of each other's emotion. And, and that's, that's what, really what we're going for, isn't it? I mean, when, when yeah. we have a wonderful team, when, when any sport has success, you go, oh, what a beautiful thing they created. Isn't that really what you're saying right now? But you're doing it on purpose very surgically right. as opposed yeah. to just kind of, you know. Hoping it shows up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You do it surgically because it happens both ways. Mm-hmm. Run, people play off each We're packs. Humans run, them, humans run in packs like dogs do. It's true. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. operate that way. So it's very important. We'll feed off each other in fear, uncertainty, or in a positive, motivated state to move forward and do well. Mm-hmm. So you do have to surgically make it happen so you go in the correct direction with the entire pack. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep this in mind, okay? You are intentionally doing something that happens 100% naturally anyway. You're just doing it on purpose. With control. What, what if you, let, okay, let me ask, this is something that, that came to mind, and, and you said, oh, other guys can remind you. What if in the huddle every play or every so often the linebacker who calls the play calls, you know, 4-4, uh, uh, cover two, uh, this play? Yeah. Fire the trigger. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, no, the thing is this. You only want to use it when you're having trouble. Yeah. When things are going well, you don't really want to have to mess with it because, you know, then it it just, you know, the brain gets used to it. It waters it down. It uses its novelty. It it loses its impact. Okay. Um, But, you know, especially, you know, I've seen this happen where, you know, everything's going well and you've got one player that's just, He's just lined up against a monster who's just beating the shit out of him every play. Yeah. Okay? It happens. And that, that's your weak link. Okay? And you want to get whoever's calling the play or whoever's doing anything to grab that guy and strengthen that weak link by, by firing the trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, 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 and you know, and, and pull, even if you pull him aside, look him in the eye and say, look, this play, this play. Remember, okay. focus on this play. This play. What's important is this play. You know, and you'll, you'll notice, when you say it, you'll notice their eyes will widen, they'll relax their bodies, mm-hmm. they'll let go. I was, I was listening to years ago, let me show you the old line. Years ago, back <laughs> when, uh, the Braves, when the Braves were winning the World Series over and over again, they had a, a pitcher named Greg Maddox. 
Yeah. And he did this great interview he did one time. And he goes, he goes, what do you think about when you're out there on the mound? He goes, I think about the pitch I'm throwing. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the reporter's like, well, what about the game, the score, you know, what pitch you're going to do next? And he just, and, and he was, Greg Maddox was kind of a dork. He was really, he was like, if you, you imagine he'd be in the bar still next to you on the bar. He did, he did nothing like an athlete at all, okay? He just yeah. kind of looked at the guy and he goes, no, I don't, really, I just think about the pitch I'm going to throw. And in his mind, that's the only thing that was happening. You know, between pitches, he can look at the score and figure out what pitch he has to throw in it. But during that moment when he was in his windup, there was nothing happening other than this one single-minded thought of where that ball had to go. And it's like that with every sport. It doesn't matter if it's in martial arts and you're fighting someone and they knock you on your butt. When you get up, you're starting over. Mm-hmm. It's the next punch, the next kick. And if, if you're in football and you get knocked down, it's when you get up and start again. Mm-hmm. Every sport, it's the next move you're making that you have to think about. If you keep thinking about the entirety of the game, or the entirety of a fight, mm-hmm. or the entirety of anything, you really screw yourself up. Yeah. I mean, because what we're doing is actually just basically creating a reset button to get them mm-hmm. right back into their training right. and re-centered in where they have to go. And centered is the key phrase. You want them centered, not off-center, over-emotional, or off-center, you know, emotional reactionary. Right. You want them centered where they can think, react, Use the emotion that they have to fuel where they're going mm-hmm. without overwhelming yourself and then turning them into a fragile balloon that gets popped. Right. And, and funny enough, in any sport, uh, football, we have multiple opportunities for resets. Yeah, multiple, uh, if you were thinking about training, and, and Kim, I'm sure you would agree with me here, uh, in martial arts, there's progressions, from what I know, that you build to, and for those out there, uh, you're a black belt now, right? Or Not quite, almost. Saturday. Almost a black belt. Maybe Saturday, we'll see, yeah. Okay, well, there you, yeah. So, in other words, a badass. <laughs> Don't get in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, badass and, and training. <laughs> and so there's multiple belts, which are multiple progressions, which are multiple progressions inside that progression with probably multiple progressions and movements within those movements. And it's the same thing in football. How do I teach a kid to tackle? Uh, I got to teach him, you know, to keep his knees bent first yeah. and not bend it the way, you know, all these micro movements. And those are opportunities for wins. They're opportunities for these triggers. Um, and, uh, and, and so there's, but but instead we're like God you know get pissed off at the kid because his head's down or his knees are you know he's standing up and whatnot and you know and and now we're doing kind of doing negative triggers right yeah oh yeah and useless and bad triggers ones that defeat your purpose yeah because now the guy I mean, now you know you've got a head shy player I'm glad you brought now, that up now he's <laughs> playing not because he wants to win he's playing because he wants to avoid embarrassment, he wants to avoid criticism, well, he wants to avoid oh, the worst. And then he gets You're to the point where at all yeah. and wants to quit. It's, I mean, anybody who's watched kids play soccer, this is the worst place for that. Coaches screaming at each other, screaming at yeah, bystanders, parents, parents shouldn't be allowed to screaming at the players, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, 
each time, and then you notice next year there's no soccer team. So, um, yeah, it's a good point that we brought that up because the coaches also have to get themselves under control. Yeah. And that can be the hardest part. So if you're pissed off, you have to use trigger on yourself and put yourself back into a positive state. You know, years ago, uh, I was an assistant coach when I first started coaching. I was on a, uh, I was an assistant coach. I just coached the O line and the D line, and I uh, noticed that I had installed a trigger on me. And and essentially, I was listening to some music. David Bowie, uh, uh, Golden Years, I think. No, Fame. It was Fame. And I was just rocking out in the parking lot before the game, and uh, my kid was already there. I, I saw it. I was just by myself. And I'm all, I'm all juiced up. I'm getting pumped. I'm thinking about, and, you know, and so, and we win this miraculous game, and it was put us into the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to, now that I'm a head coach, I'm going to, I'm going to use this trigger. And, uh, and I realized, <laughs> I realized I, I'm, I'm not supposed to get pumped up. I'm the freaking coach. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be the ice man. <laughs> I'm, and and the the way that uh I, I'm not sure completely that he meant it this way, but I love the word is uh Pete Carroll uh, when he was uh, talking about his, you know his win forever books and competition and all this stuff and i I was lucky to have a lot of access there when he was in town here in l a um uh, he he talked about uh how he he demands that his coaches put on a performance. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, a performance me kind of presupposes I'm acting, and I'm really acting for whatever is the best, whatever that kid needs. I've got to be that guy. And as soon as I took on that persona, it changed me a million miles into the true north, into the right direction. Um, and it really helped. And, I, I, you know, forget the pump-up bull. I'll listen to it now. I mean, I, well, not anymore. My kid's in high school. But uh, back in the day when we were in the car, I'd listen to it, you know, stuff, whatever my kid wanted to listen to. I didn't care. But, but now, uh, you know, as, when I was alone, I wouldn't, uh, what am I doing? You know, I need to be in my... Well, you know, it's funny you mention that, because, you know, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, that's all there was. You know, we didn't really understand how the brain worked, and, and, and you know, there were, you know, you know, it's all coaches had. I mean, you look at, you know, the, you know, the Vince Lombardi's... You and, mean, like, you mean the acting? The, you know, the acting and the pumping and, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the persona... Okay, that was necessary in order to push people to the next right. level. I mean, you have to be the coach they need you to be. Yeah. I mean, and that and that's a great point, Tim. I mean, and it's something we were talking about, too. You have to be the coach that they need you to be. It's all about the players. And yeah. so, now, acting's great. Triggers give you a next level on the acting, right? Instead of pretending yeah. you're not pissed, you can actually not be Yeah, be pissed. not pissed. And not being pissed allows, yeah, exactly. And not being pissed allows you the con- more control and thought of what where a kid what a kid needs, where they need to go next. And sometimes you do have to push someone back in line, and which means going into a negative mm-hmm. state. Negative triggers can be useful here. Turning your hat back, 
backwards when someone's not towing the line, not taking it seriously at all, and and just being a general jerk about it. And that's when you use a negative trigger and push them back around, right? But the yeah. problem is people use negative triggers at the wrong time. Yeah. They use them when the team is really down accidentally. They use them when someone's really trying but not getting it. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong place. Yeah. So, yeah. This brings up a really good point. And I, I want to, to take for a moment, like we've been doing here in the past few minutes, shifting from the players to the coaches. Uh-huh. Okay. Highly emotional coaches make idiotic decisions. Yes. Okay. Highly emotional coaches are either intentionally or unintentionally abusive to their teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Highly emotional coaches are in the middle of a special situation, have no access to the creativity or the adaptability that will allow them to pull shit out their ass and win a game. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Right. Amen. I mean, Amen. Yeah. Brother, hallelujah. <laughs> all adults, and I want to say, you know, the idea that having a trigger for yourself, getting even the next play trigger for yourself or this play trigger for yourself gets you out of the mindset of, of being so focused on what's going to happen in the next two quarters and completely forgetting about or what's, what's already happened or what's already happened in the last two quarters, yeah. you know, you know, look, and, and we both, I'm, I'm, well, I never played organized football, but I, I know a little bit, but, you know, games can be won or lost at halftime. Look at the, the most recent Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, without a doubt. Fan. I'm still pissed. Okay. I admit it. I'm pissed. The Patriots went into the damn I'm not locker a room fan and, I'm and came out a completely different team. Yes. All right. They can be won or lost in halftime. So a lot of times what you say, how you say And isn't it what Brady said? He and his coach are a team. Yeah. You know, so. so right. So I, the coach has a big influence on how the player plays. Mm-hmm. And that's your job. So think about it. So I wanted to kind of, you know, give an example of, of what we're talking about when it comes, you know, we're talking about like an in-game situation of using the trigger. I also want to talk about mental preparation for failure, okay, for these kids, okay? And keep in mind, I don't care how big they are, because there's some big-ass seventh graders, okay? That's actually a little scary, all right? It, it, it's <laughs> getting scarier every year. I don't know where these kids are getting bread, man. I had a coach who had a theory. He said there's all the hormones at places at the fast food restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he's right. I bet that was his theory. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it should have worked for me. I'm only four foot ten. <laughs> right. I need to well, hormones, man. <laughs> but you've you got to get these kids mentally prepared to fail. And, and the, pro- the biggest the biggest t- skill that any school could probably teach people is how to fail. Mm-hmm. Okay, how to fail productively because they build unrealistic expectations. And, you know, whenever you build an unrealistic expectation, you're building in the recipe for learned helplessness. So let's, let's say you have these, these triggers for the next play, how it feels to win, um, you know, how, you know, you know, what a good day is like. And, you know, you're, you're up and you're talking to your team. And imagine, if you will, that, 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 um, the gesture you're using, we'll just use a gesture, is you just you're pointing at them, okay? And that's your gesture. When you point at them, they go back into the, the feeling of 
good game, nice day, you know, stuff like winning, all right? And you, you can set them up with, 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 with a way to fail, and you can tell them because, you know, and then we do this in sales too because you've really got to be able to deal with clients and, and objections. So it's, it's kind of like removing the objection, removing the failure from their mindset. And what you want to tell them is, look, you're going to go out there and you're going to get hit. You're going to go out there and you're going to fall down. You're going to go out there and you're going to blow the pass. You're going to blow the play. And I just want to let you know that when that's happened, what I want you to do when you get back into that huddle is just think about this is the point I need to be thinking about. What happened a minute ago wasn't important. And you point right at them as you say that. Okay? What this does is, is build a pattern of thought process. So that when, you know, you are telling them that this is going to happen. It's just, it, I know it seems counterintuitive because you really want to send them out there as giant bulletproof machines. But the reality of blowing plays, missing blocks, you know, losing games, well, all of that stuff. Tom, I mean, it, this is what coaches do is, I used to hate it. I used to hate film when I was in college. Because I would go in the film room and get my ass ripped apart for an hour after I had the best game I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, well, that's not fun, you know? I mean, at least talk, talk about how the good shit I did and then say, oh, well, if you would have been a little lower or this on the, you know, line up a little more to the left next time. But instead it's, I'm going to name every shitty thing you've done, not one good thing. And, and um, some coaches are mentally abusive. <laughs> well, I think it's they don't realize even that they're doing it. They're thinking that they're motivating instead of yeah. celebrating. Because in every single play, and like I, I said that for that that analogy for a reason. Because I had in this scenario the best game of my life, but yet you could still find flaws. Of course. That's of course inside of a of one play. Let's just say this play, one play. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of movements that happen that I'm trained for as a player, as a coach that I train into players, and it's from getting off the ball, it's from being in position, being in the right position, running into the right position into you know to execute your play the follow-up after the play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And within there are micro movements of foot movements and arm placement and um, ad nauseum. Most of the time I'm doing a pretty, most people after training are doing a decent job. There's just one little "Mm," away from making that an amazing play, but instead we just want to, you know, focus uh, too much on the on the uh, instead of all the good stuff which are literally hundreds of wins if you think right. about all the micro movements there's hundreds of things you've done up until that point yeah. that are wonderful yeah the coach beats them up for the small things they don't do right i mean it's like they forget that coaching is teaching mm-hmm. okay especially and yeah. the more the begin more of a beginner you are the more of a teacher you are but even toward the end, where it's that this last little oomph, right? I yep. mean, it's like, uh, I'll play it to martial arts. When you learn in the beginning, you learn your basic stance. You learn your stances, your punches, your kicks, yada, 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 yada. But as you go along, there's a fine 
there's the angle of the hand, the angle of the arm, everything that makes it more and more effective and faster. Mm-hmm. But if you try to beat people up with everything that they're not doing right, then they quit. Let me add something in here. I know that Absolutely. there are coaches listening out here that, you know, that, that probably do this. Okay, yeah. I want to validate that they probably have the best of intentions, mm-hmm. okay, but it's, but it's counterproductive. Nobody does that to a kid just because they want to, you know, to beat the kid up. All right. In their mind, they rationalize this by thinking, look, you know, I need to push them harder to be better, you know, and they they, they make a mistake. And it's a fundamental mistake that a lot of parents make, a lot of coaches make, a lot of teachers make. All right. That if you reward somebody for doing a good job, that they will relax and get sloppy. And I just never found that to be true. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, let's equate it with using triggers, too. Okay. So you're sitting there. And you celebrate what they did well. That was great. That was perfect. And you could, if you just do this, it would be amazing fire trigger, right? Mm -hmm. So that motivates them toward doing better. I I had a, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I I had a mentor when I first uh, became a head coach. I I did the assistant for three years with my my oldest, and then I dropped all the way down to the babies. uh, And I I grabbed a a mentor who uh, taught me a bunch of stuff. And uh, you guys guys might appreciate this. Mm -hmm. Um, In football, people use the word program all the time, as if it's a noun. He uses it as a verb. We program. And, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and you guys know this from, from your NLP is, is, I mean, that's profound, right? I mean, but we, uh, it, and I, I immediately fell in love with him. And um, one of the things that, that he said, amongst many things, was he said, uh, he, he, he said for every, I think it was for every three for every bad thing you say where you just, you know, you lose it maybe, make sure you, you say three good things. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> kind of in, in a sloppy way saying what, what, what you're saying, which is, is much more surgical and, and elegant, um, but we need to focus on the wins. Um, the other day I interviewed Jim Mora of UCLA, and he says we celebrate the wins. The, the wins of the, the personal wins, as long as they, they affect the greater team and, and benefit the greater team, we'll always celebrate individuals' uh, wins in, in their performances. And um, even he said when somebody was deciding they don't want to play for him anymore, if they decide that, the, you know what, football's not for me anymore, he goes, I don't get mad at him or anything like that. I celebrate with him that he's made a big decision. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> and I thought it was, it was pretty profound. And um, so I have a question. Um, and you guys teach this stuff. I mean, at just this is just scratching the surface, right? I mean, you go into big-time <laughs> stuff and help people make billion-dollar zillion dollar deals and and i'm exaggerating only slightly i mean some of the stuff i've I've read (laughs) is just i mean i have to read it a couple times what i'd like to do first is for people listening especially if you're not 
at all seeped in any of this kind of stuff is is there actually is a place where this started from right i mean it, it may not be directly maybe it is but there's there's a conditioning that goes way back that a lot of us probably learned at one point in in school uh, when we took a psychology class in high school can can you tell us what that is which thing? What do you mean? I'm, I, well, I mean, we're talking Pavlov's dog, basically, in, well, in so many yeah, ways. It's like, it's like, see, the thing about Pavlov's dog. His is, dogs don't have higher brain function. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not as much as we do, I know. It is. It Some is of us coaches dog. don't either, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> You're just not using it. You're just not using it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, the, I have potential. You know, when you think about stimulus response, okay, um, you know, ring the bell, the bell of a salivating dog, and, you know, all of that was very consciously set forth, okay? Dog, you know, uh, gets food, salivates. Salivates you can't really control. The interesting part about that process was the fact that uncontrolled salivation, right? And, yeah. you know, the dog sees food, dog hears bell, salivates, all right? Now, what's interesting about what triggering does and how we use it is that consciously the kids don't know anything. Right. Okay? They don't know what they're supposed to be feeling. You're, you're attaching these emotions to a phrase like this play. Right. You're not telling them, feel this where you play this play. So let me give you an example of how little people notice. My nephew is 20 now. Oh, no, he's not 20 yet. He'll be 20 in a, in a month. And yeah. he's sitting here, and he has been trolling our site for a while. And we talked to him about the anchors we used, the triggers we used on him when he was growing up, some of them. And he came to a seminar of ours in London. And he's sitting in the room, and, I sit and, and we sit and explain a time where I used a trigger to make him walk for graduation. Now, even knowing what triggers were, knowing we used them on him his whole life, and me not trying to hide it at all, he had not realized I'd done it. Wow. And he pulled me aside afterward and said, did you really use that on me to make me walk for graduation? I said, yes. He goes, I hate you. I said, yeah, but you did it willingly, didn't you? He said, yes. Wow. <laughs> he had... And this kid knows, we've explained what they are. Um, we've explained times I used it on him to get him to go on roller coasters willingly and happily when he was scared to death 20 minutes before. And he still didn't realize I was using it on him. That's how under the radar it will go. They will have no idea what you're doing. It'll feel completely natural. And they will feel like it's just them. And that's how you want it to be. Because and because it is natural, right? Yeah, it, it is, is natural. It is very natural, but it is. this is in a very directed manner. Well, you can make right. it so simple for everybody. It's on purpose. What you're doing is surgically yes. doing it it's on purpose. purpose. And it's yes. not like it's, I mean, it's not rocket science what you just explained. Um, let, let, me, let me ask it's you this. Is what it is. <laughs> Say that again? It's precise is what it is. Oh, so it's precise. very... It gets exact. It gets it gets people 
instead of being sloppy and along a long winding path, it gets them there fast in one repetition as opposed to repetition and, and as, opposed to, as opposed to doing it 20 times, 30 times, 100 times and brain it. Okay, okay, I'm learning. Okay, so because <clears throat> my next question was going to be, well, are there places where um, these triggers naturally occur? And as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, what I'm a, the example I'm bringing up isn't really natural. It's learned, and that is when I'm on a defensive line or anywhere on defense, but it's, I play defensive line, so my mind's there. Um, my job is to when the ball moves I take off right I'm crushing into the opponent on the other side of the ball and I was really really good at reacting to that ball I mean um, I think I'd read somewhere that Howie Long who used to play for the Raiders who was known as uh, as one of the fastest guys ever off the ball he literally would just see the white stripe on the ball just hardly move and he was he was in the opponent's face and i imagine in order to get there it's it's practice 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 but at some point it becomes a trigger yes mm-hmm. yeah and here's the here's the difference okay <clears throat> you can do this through repetition i'm too lazy Okay, so <laughs> I I recommend the lazy way. Recommend remember what 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 creates rapid learning? Well, you know, again, we're back to novelty you know and novelty and emotion. Something that's very new, okay. and emotional. It makes and, you learn fast. It makes you learn fast. That's all. Like I, like I said, it's how people m- learn to have a phobia of a snake once mm-hmm. and be afraid of snakes the rest of their lives. Yeah. Okay. If it works the same way in the positive direction, when you attach good emotion to good performance, that good performance tends to get repeated. So if you attach good emotion to the ability to see the ball, it becomes a self-rewarding system. And it gets reinforced through time. And you don't have to spend, you know, two months drilling on, on ball movement. So on day one, snowballs. So, and this ought to make coaches happy. Your progress is going up every day. If you put that progress on a chart and mm-hmm. somehow be able to grade it, you're you're getting you're getting more stuff done, and you're getting better as a team every day because you're able to on day one on just getting off the ball, ball get offs. Uh, you're able to to trigger that positively so that they've learned it now go on to day two or do we just call it for the year and just in tom's world <laughs> just have one yeah. practice we're going to do so well we're just going to practice once and that's it. i mean <laughs> you, There's you, you, progression in you could it'd be pretty stupid but i mean yeah. you know but it's the progression <laughs> look this is how in the past two months we've taken a guy who was doing two thousand in sales a month and uh, you know, now he's uh, no two thousand a week in sales, and now he's doing eighteen hundred to twenty thousand, or eighteen thousand to twenty thousand in sales. Okay, we didn't sit him down. You know, he pays us to come to coaching. We didn't sit him down, and well, we did show him all the shit that he was doing that sucked. Okay, yeah. I think right now this month he said he's having a slow month now from the last two, 
mm-hmm. at 18000 already, and it's still two-thirds into the month. Yeah. So he's way ahead of where he was, and that's a slow month now yeah. in three months of coaching. So his his slow yeah. month is is now officially basically what double what three or four times what he, yeah. it's going to be three or four times what he normally well, did. Yeah. But you know you, you get the idea that you know. So did you trigger more, him up? Did you trigger him pro, in in no, in progressing? Tim, I got you anchored, man. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> <laughs> I What's that? Trigger, I've got you. I've got I got triggers on you already. We've just been talking. So oh, I'm sure yeah. you do. I. Yeah. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling weird, and I'm standing on my arm, my hands right now. For those not, <laughs> I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it feels good. But yeah, you know, and the thing is, because in our coaching, we use exactly what we teach, and you know, mm-hmm. when it, it, one of the things that I have a trigger set to is to look at something and see the absurdity in it, to make something that they're doing that, that seems habitual to suddenly seem absurd. Okay, so now, and the way I did it was I showed him, a, he sent me a video of his sales call, and I showed him the video, and I got seven seconds into it, and I stopped it, and I pointed out where he was wrong, and he saw it, he recognized it, and I set a trigger on it. Now, from now on, you know, and we never got more than like, I think maybe 35 seconds into that call, I think we found seven things he did wrong in the first 35 seconds. And now when I tell him to do something, and I think, think he needs to, to make an adjustment, I fire that, that trigger on what he was doing as being absurd, so of course he should do something different. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's all kinds of ways of using stuff like this. Let's, you know, we've laid out a really simple formula here, but, but if you think about how, how, uh, how kids think and how coaches think and how you think, you know, how many triggers do you have in your life already? All right? Everybody knows what it means when their spouse makes that one huffing sound. All right. Right. And and, and all of a sudden they feel abject terror. All right. They know what that sound means. Okay. And walking, I mean, as children, we knew, you know, that the sound of our mother coming to wake us up for school and that sound triggers emotions. You know, we knew, um, you know, for, for, you know, in America, you know, when we know the smell of turkey is always going to make us think of family and Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter. And all the emotions there. And, eventually taking a really good nap. All right. But that's yeah. the waterfall effect of all of these things. If you can get these kids to, to, to feel what you want them to feel in the moment you need them to feel it mm-hmm. with a push-button accuracy of when that happens, you can help drive them, pull them, prod them, reward them, punish them sometimes, all with a push of a button. And there's so many different ways of doing it. I mean, we covered a phrase, all right, you know, this play. It was one simple anchor, mm-hmm. all right, or, or trigger. Well, yeah, what we wanted was for people to be able to walk away from this call and be able to go use a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. The tip of the iceberg, yes, but something usable today. What, what's a safe way for me to practice? What, what do I do without going to practice to a football? How can I just in my everyday life, prove that this thing works for me. Okay, so here's what I do, okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm just playing, I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, this is, this is what people do, right? I mean, they're like, well, that's a lot of work, even it. though it's not. But oh, no, it's, it's loads of fun. Oh, no, it's yeah. loads of fun. So, so um, uh, one of the things that Kim does is really, really good. Every time we go out to eat anywhere, she sits down with the waitress, okay? She does one of two things. 
okay, if I'm stupid enough to open up my mouth first, first, she comments on that, makes me look like an idiot, the waitress smiles, and Kim sends trigger on. <laughs> okay. The great oh, thing you're evil. Okay. So and she will awesome. use that against me the rest of the meal, by the way. She will get great service. I will get great service if she asks somebody to get something for me. <laughs> All right. She, but I mean, but it's tangible. You see it right away. If you look at a, a, a server and you just ask them, what's the, what do you like best on the meal? Okay. Uh, you know, what's the best thing on the menu? And they light up over something and you, you go, an anchor. Set a trigger. You, you, you tap the table twice, plus setting a trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Later on, you say, I wonder if you can do me a favor and you tap the trigger. They feel good again because they're having that favorite meal kind of feeling. And guess what? You know, it, it doesn't work well if they're a zombie because you become their favorite meal, and it's totally counterproductive. But <laughs> yeah. they, you, they have that good feeling, and they attach that good feeling to you and helping you out. We get discounts every place we go. Without asking. We never ask for it, not even once. You know? Yeah, you, you were talking about that on, on Facebook, how you, you get all these discounts and lowered rates at hotels and all kinds of yeah. crazy stuff. People are nice to us. You know, <laughs> and, it, and it comes to and it comes to simple three steps. Yeah. You know, you know, if Kim asks what what's your favorite meal, you know, what's your favorite thing on the menu, and she doesn't know what it is, but they go into that feeling, she's going to set a trigger on that. Okay, you know, it could be, you know, uh, <clears throat> she goes up to in a hotel somewhere in some city, and you, and you see that the people before you are just being jerks to her. Or or or, or to whoever's, the, at, the whoever's at the counter, and you walk up and you do anything different, and you say, "Look, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I don't believe how that guy treated you, or something like that." Mm-hmm. You say, "You know, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that." And you watch them have a sigh of relief. Boom! You set you set a trigger on that. Then you ask if it's possible to have any upgrades, or or, or that, sometimes they say, "Well, here, we have one lady that keeps giving us club level stuff on on these." on these hotels we go to because she just likes us. She came into town, she spent like $300 on dinner on us, which is way above her budget of what she would have spent for what we spent. But, you know, but you get people, it's interesting, in real life when you do this and you, you have triggers set on good emotions, people start treating you special. All right? And it's kind of what you want for your football players who are drawing back to football, all right? You yeah. want your football players to be inspired by you. You want them to do things for you and work harder for you than they would for anybody else. Okay. They want you to, you want them to do it because it's going to make them feel good. Uh, and then they're going to excel for the right reason instead of because, you know, you're going to scream and yell and turn your hat backwards if you make, they make you mad. And you can use them anywhere on people you know. Um, I'll give you a sample, a few, a couple of examples of ones that use on family. Like when, especially when kids are really little, they're really easy to influence. So if you set triggers on them, um, I love using them on amusement parks because there's always that ride they don't want to go on, right? For whatever reason. And generally, if you say, "Hey, why don't we go here and fire a trigger?" They'll either do it willingly or with excitement, according to why they didn't want to go. So I'm sitting, so I have used this to change my nephew's world at park. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're using it for walking on graduation. 
I actually did, his father had just looked at him, and he's like, I'm not walking. And his father said, but I would really like it, and blah, 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 don't you think how we, it would affect us, and yada, 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 yada. And he adores his father. And I just looked and said, hey, but Nicholas, it would really mean a lot to me if you would do it. And I fired the anchor, and he starts giggling. <laughs> what did he say next? What did he say next? I don't remember. He looked at you because he'd been on our site. And well, no, he didn't know we did it later, though. Huh? He didn't know we did oh, it. Oh, he didn't know? No, he didn't. Oh. He, I don't even think you... So yeah. he's sitting there and he's like... But he's sitting there and giggling, and he doesn't even know it. And then it was coming up. So we're sitting... And it's the thing is... The good way to use it is set a trigger, and then on something people would normally be... You know, you might not be sure. They might be a certain... Just fire the trigger. Ask for something. Ask them to do something. Um, suggest one restaurant and fire the trigger on the other. See if it influences where they oh, want to yes. go. If you have friends, okay, I realize your coaches, you might not. So, but if you do have friends, <laughs> right. that was cool. Because, <clears throat> you know, basically you're spending every waking moment on football. You don't have time. But <laughs> We have other coach friends. Yeah, we have coach friends. <laughs> you have a coach call. So take right. your other coach friends out that haven't heard this call, all right? Right. And while they're looking at the menu, just look at them and say, you know, I'm having a problem. You go, you know what it feels like when you stare at the menu, you just can't decide on anything? And when they nod their head, tap the table twice. Every time they make a decision, say, are you sure, and tap the table twice. Now, don't do this if you're in a hurry for lunch. Now you know why people <laughs> like me better than they like him. See the difference in the way we use it. He tortures people. I make life easy. There yeah, you the, go. the result is no matter what they 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 uh, they decide on, you 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 hit the trigger, and you generate uncertainty all over again. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And they'll just start skipping around the menu. I mean, don't do it much because you don't have so much time for lunch. But. <laughs> I mean, it's little things like that. You ask where to practice. That's kind of where you practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can. And every stranger you meet, you practice. Mm -hmm. That and and that's. I'm glad you guys have said that because it's just so. Uh, these are just normal everyday places, where it's really kind of like whatever. I mean, if, you know, there's there's no risk, and I think. No, I, right. I mean, there's no risk. I mean, who cares? You tap twice and. You know, yeah. what if it does work? Right, right. Yeah. But what if it does? And and wow, and you do it again. And what? If it, and then you build a little confidence up, and it's just like you teach the kids. Pretty soon, you know, you're going to be good at it, and you can start using it to to get get progression faster throughout you the want, season. You want you want to know you use it every day. Someplace, if you go someplace often, you set a trigger, right? Set the trigger, a good trigger. And when you walk in, say hello to the person you see all the time and fire the trigger. Watch people start lighting up when you come by. Mm-hmm. We do this oh, everywhere beautiful. we go. Yes, it's fantastic. And it's like, and then you can fire it when you say thank you for something. And then the person is more motivated to help you out more in the mm -hmm. future because it feels good. And people move toward pleasure. And it's really well, I was just going to say, this is, this is uh, I mean, we, we kind of might be taken as like, oh, this is manipulative or whatever. Like, but you're giving out good feelings. Yeah. I That's all you're doing. Yeah. 
Your doctor feels good without the drugs. I mean, really. I use it with my nephews, my family, my friends, people I see on a regular basis. You know what? It is. It's not. We are influencing people to feel one way or another every day, all day. We're choosing to do it with precision. We're choosing to do it to our benefit and to their benefit, mm-hmm. right? And, right. And, and you know what? The result in our lives has been that we have great relationships with lots of people everywhere we go, from the post office to a store. One time we met this guy in London at a convenience, not a convenience store, electronic. an, electronic, an electronic store. We went in to buy a few. We spent about a dollar. And, of course, as usual, we set up our triggers and built our little relationship. Two years later, we went in. Guess who remembered us? That's awesome. And treated us as friend, a friend and went out of his way to help us. Everywhere we go, we dole out good feelings, build relationships, and make our lives easier and their lives fuller because they've had a good interaction today. I need one last tangible uh, example, we mentioned earlier the guy who, who is in coaching that um, sells insurance. <clears throat> when we first met him, this was only like three months ago, <clears throat> so he's only had like three, maybe four coaching sessions. Um, he was on the phone four days a week making a hundred and something cold calls and not generating any business. And in the past six weeks, he's not made a single cold call but he called up all of his existing comfort customers and triggered them to get them to give him referrals. Yesterday he told us that he has so much business he can't write it all. He's having to work till 8 o'clock at night, and he hasn't made a single cold call in eight weeks. And let's see, and and let's say this guy is honest with people. He gives people a good deal. He doesn't deal with people who lie to him because he's not that kind of guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He's looking out for the best interest of his clients. And he's the one you would want to buy insurance from. And now all these people are dealing with an honest insurance guy who's looking out for their best interest. Period. And the bottom line is, drawing it back into football, isn't that the kind of team you want to coach? All day long. You know, you got a bunch of people highly positively motivated to get things done, learn stuff, and win games. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a skill. Now, look, I'm going to say, I, I know what's going to happen. All right? Some, somebody, some of the people out listening to this are going to go, well, you know, that all sounds interesting. Or, oh, that sounds this. Or, you know, they're all, you know, I don't think that's anything I can do. And they're going to go right back into the same old habits that they've always had that people have been using since, you know, since they invented football. You know, they're going to push, they're going to pump, they're going to threaten, they're going to scream, you know, and, you know, they're, they're going to think that that's, in their mind, motivation. Okay? And you know what else they're going to do? They're going to lose football games to people like you, Tim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I know we talked about a lot of stuff today, but if, for the people listening, if they could just choose one thing that we talked about today, one thing to do. What's the next step, right? Choose one thing we talked about today to do with your players tonight or tomorrow. That is the next step. There's a lot we talked about, but choose the one thing you can do right now. And just if start. It's a phrase, 
it, yeah, exactly. You start with step one. You're always starting with step well, one. Give me, a, doing. give me a couple of drills you can do. All right, that 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 require absolutely zero risk and keep everybody in their safe zone. All right, and that is go out and just try to get somebody into a state. Okay, you know. Ask them what their favorite thing on the menu is and look at them and watch their state show, okay? Ask them if they know what it's like to win at something and notice this. Notice they shift from where they are to where you want them to be, okay? Notice that what you're saying is having an impact on them, okay? You know, if you want to go the other direction, you can say, hey, have you ever had something really hurt? <laughs> you know? If you're tall, do that, yeah. It's like, you know, I was... I was I was talking to a guy in coaching yesterday, and and he was asking his clients at the end, "Do you have any questions?" Okay, and I looked at him straight through Skype. And I said, "That's just like asking me." I said, "Look, if I asked you where do you itch right now, what would happen?" Okay, the moment before he had no itch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the next moment he had an itch mm-hmm. because I created it because I asked him the right question. All right, and it made a really strong point with him. So the whole idea is that you're going to be affecting these people anyway. If you set these triggers, set it up, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking, we've given you a ton of examples, maybe a little overwhelming, but it is very, very easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just think can, I, can, I, can I say something to, to what you, you brought up a minute ago, uh, Tom? You said <clears throat> guys that fail to use these kind of ideas and techniques uh, will end up losing to guys like me. And, you know, for those guys that don't know me and maybe think, I, you know, I'm aw shucks and, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, oh, he, yeah, it sounds all syrupy and stuff, but he's never won. For whatever it's worth, and I, I don't go around, I, I don't, I've never said this publicly, I don't think, I'm the most winningest coach in the history of the league that I was in. And not that that's a big deal to me, but I know it is to a lot of people because at the end of the day, it is, you're there to win, but what is winning? And this will help you. These things, mm-hmm. these, these, these interviews will help you. And it's why I bring people on like our guests today. Because it's it's not it's not something that you got to go to school for four years to learn. You could learn it. Listen to this over and over and over again. And just this, what 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 Tom and Kim has shared just today, is will will change your coaching world. And they charge thousands of dollars. I mean, you weren't you're not coaching that sales guy that you know doubled and tripled his his sales volume. You're you're not just doing it out of charity. But yeah. you've given your time today, and you have bigger things that are available to people from uh, seminars in London, uh, as you did last year, and, and I think mm-hmm. down in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. And then you, yeah. But you also have something that is very reasonable. I subscribe to it. Uh, you have a ton of, of videos, and I think audios also, on a membership that's, I think, less than 30 bucks, if last I recall. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that? As you know, just maybe that's something that people can yeah, get to you know, know you guys. We, we have about two hundred and something hours worth of video on the website on a variety of of subjects. From uh, I don't even remember them all. 
Um, <laughs> I got a lot to pull up a page. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> um, you know, our page is EssentialSkills.com. Essential-Skills.com. And, uh, you know, if you click on the video library there, you just go and look at the videos we have available. I mean, it's everything from how to sell, how to increase your mindset, how to avoid the mind traps, um, and, and that just can be the mind traps for your for your uh, for for your football players that that uh, you know cause them to fail. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my um, traps are great. I mean, I mean, just you know, little things. You know, getting out of your safety zone. How to get things done. How to be successful. Um, Linguistic persuasion strategies is really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, this is a good one for coaches, how to be assertive without being a jerk. I think that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, pretty good. Um, you know, uh, we also have a Facebook page. They can join. Yeah, we also have a Facebook page. Uh, Facebook forward slash uh, persuasion, code persuasion codes. Yeah. Um, and there's know, something good in there. I mean, there's gold in there. I belong to a lot of groups, and you, you, you're always bringing it. I mean, there's always something where you go, oh, okay, wow, that was good. Because so many times in groups you join, and it's good for a minute, and then you're like, eh. You know, it just dies out, and they run out of content or something. You know, most people have groups for one reason, and that's to market something that they that – they, and right now we're not selling anything. We have – we have the members area on our site for 29 bucks a month for people who want it. We put new stuff up every single month, and uh, we have a Facebook page for that as well where we interact with people. But, I mean, if you want to learn how to, how to persuade, if you want to learn self-improvement, if you want to learn anything, you know, and, and it's not like, you know, for 29 bucks we give you one video and you have to pay forever. For 29 bucks you get everything. If you hate it, just unsubscribe. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, I guarantee you, I've seen people charge five and ten thousand dollars for seminars that don't have half the content of that video library we have up there. Mm -hmm. And that's total bragging. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's bragging. Uh, it, it's it's amazing how much is there. It there really is. And um, uh, the ugliest website on the planet. I totally get it. I'm working on that, but it's really good content. <laughs> It, it, it's it's great content. Um, you know, you guys, I really, really appreciate getting to know you a little bit. That's really cool. And to talk with you and, and really appreciate that you're so willing to share so much that I think, I mean, I, I, I know you illuminated me. I mean, I've got distinctions uh, that I I didn't have prior to this, this meeting. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully the, the guys listening get as much, if not more, from listening and, and hearing what you guys have to say because this is uh, pure gold. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if, if, if anybody out there has any questions, go to our Facebook page, join our group, and, mm -hmm. and ask all the questions you want. I mean, especially, you know, because a lot of the people that you're dealing with are coaching basically high school football. You know, Youth in high school, yeah. You know, youth and I, these are like the most impressionable ages for kids, and I want you to do it right. Okay? I mean, I know that sounds like an you know, egotistical, well, I am. All right? But, uh, you know, I want you to be able to do it right. So we're more than willing to share what we know to help you to help kids have a better life. That's awesome.
and that's that's exactly why I, everybody gets into this thing mostly um, it's good intentions but we don't we don't get the tools too many of us are teaching stuff that uh, is the way we were taught and some of that was good but a lot of it wasn't and this will make you way better so with that you guys thank you so much and um, I will have your links up with the uh, with the audio when it goes up, and I will uh, uh, make sure that those are proper. And uh, with that, thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you, Tim. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna close this off. Hang on. <laughs>